0: The following audio is from gold country baptist church in shingle springs california visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church matthew 28 and an 18 to 30 of course these uh, these words that we're quite familiar with but i want to draw your attention to a couple of things about this so the situation is, as we learned from verse uh, 20, 16, is the 11 disciples are in Galilee to the mountain, Jesus says 2, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. Are we okay? Oh, okay. Hello, good? Better? And Jesus came and said to them, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So who is he speaking to when he says, go and make disciples? Well, it says the 11 disciples. Was it only the 11 disciples? Or is it everyone? Everyone? who claims to be a follower of Christ and is therefore a disciple of Christ. But I think that it's appropriate to actually say that he's really speaking to us here tonight. And when it's the, the uh, ESV says, go, therefore, and make disciples. But in the original Greek text, it's really going, therefore, make disciples. It's not go and make. There's no and. There's no chi in the Greek. And it's really, as you are going, I think it's... A, perfectly legit to read this, as you are going, make disciples, baptizing and teaching. And he does this because what? All power is given unto him. What great authority does he have? But he has the authority to command us to to go. He's the general. He's the five-star general. He has all authority, which means if we don't go, what are we doing? We're disobeying a command to spread the gospel if we are going. So first message for tonight, the first point is, we go. That includes all of us. Now, at, at the end of um, Luke, there's a, a similar prescription for us. And look, turn to Luke chapter 24. We're just going to look at verses 44 through... Several verses here. So Luke twenty four forty four, And so, again, he's speaking to them. He says, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. The message goes forth to all the nations, to the ends of the earth. That is the prescription for us. That is our responsibility. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone is going to be a foreign missionary, but we'll be involved in missions to, to some degree. Now I want you to turn to um, the second book of Luke, which of course is the book of Acts. And just, he reiterates at the end of, so he goes to basically the end of the the Gospel of Luke and picks up the same theme in Acts chapter one. The problem with having this book is that there's lots of pages in Okay, in Luke one in in verse four, my name is he says, says, and while staying with them, he ordered them this not to depart from to wait for the promise of the Father, but he said, you Hello, heard from me, for John baptized Hello, with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But when they come together, Elizabeth they ask the Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Is my he said it is not no time or season that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. What happened right after that? And when he said these things, they were looking at, and he was lifted up into a cloud and we just went out of their sight. Now, this may not be the actual last words of Jesus, but they certainly are last words and very important. When someone dies, but their last words are very important. Here's the last word. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, as a of encouragement, I just want to have you guys turn to Revelation for a moment. Revelation chapter 9, and we're familiar with this passage, but there's a reason I want to read it in context of these others. So, There's the command, and the power of the Holy Spirit is who does the work. In Revelation chapter 5, We're just going to look at verses um, 9 and 10. And so it says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. That's what's going to happen. God will do it. It's it's as good as done. But there's a role for us to play in the here and now. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. I don't want to sit back and watch it happen. I want to be part of what's happening. And I want to encourage you to have that there should be a personal role that, for every believer to pray, to support, to be part of, of, of missions. So, first thing is that we, we go. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions here. Are missionaries ordinary? Now don't answer right now but you have a chance at the end again. Are you, after you after hear about them. Are missionaries ordinary or extraordinary? What are the qualifications to be a missionary? Are, what special talents should they have? Are there any essentials that, that they should have? What's the best preparation? And um, if I should be a missionary, what's, where, where do I go? So Certainly, these are things we should think about if we're thinking about um, foreign missions, particularly. But Jesus tells us in in the uh, in Mark Mark nine, what the one essential um, characteristic is to, to be a missionary. So turn to Mark. Um, okay, here we go. Mark nine, and I'm. Verse thirty six. I'll get there a one here. So Mark nine, verses thirty six to thirty eight. That's not the right that's not the right reference. I think it must be uh, Matthew 9 I'm sorry about that I, that's, um, Let's go to Matthew 9 I can't read my own writing, you know I did pass the bad penmanship class all doctors have to take So, <laughs> so Matthew 9, 36. Let's see if this is my, my reference here Okay Okay So wh- what's happening here? the Lord of the harvest to send out leaders laborers into his harvest what was what, what was what did Jesus see when he saw these people that were harassed and without a shepherd he had what compassion on them if there's one characteristic you have to have if you're going to be a missionary it's to have compassion for the lost but I think if you're a believer if you're a true disciple you naturally have a, a compassion for the lost you have to remember our state before we were saved, and understand that um, without salvation, they'll have uh, eternity, but it won't be very be very good. Well, we also we go, but we also sin. Let's look at Acts chapter fifteen, and uh, this is what the the church. Um, should do in terms of having one mind when they when they send one to, to do a do a task, and I may not be specifically um, a missionary, but I think that the the characteristic of the church is is good here. So Acts 15, okay, 15 and uh, 22 to 25. So, so they're going to send someone from the church. I know it's for a, a different topic, but. The way the church does this, I think, is a pattern for how we should send missionaries as well. Verse 22 says, Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church, there it is, whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. So they sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter, The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are Gentiles, and so on. And then I'm going to skip down to verse verse 30 that kind of continues there. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace to the brothers who had had sent them. So here we are. The the church, the leadership of the church and the body of the church sends people to do the work as representatives of the church. So we go and we send. And those are appropriate things that we do in in, in our ministry. Well, we also give, don't we? We go, we send, and we give. Giving giving is so important. You can say, well, I'll pray for you and I don't, that's great. I think you should pray for missionaries. But I would, would encourage you all to, um, to, to give. And I think it's, we sometimes have this idea that at some time in the future I'll be better able to give. And I want to tell you that, that that's not true. You need to give something now, even if you have very little. I'll tell you honestly, the $5 I gave when I was in medical school was lunch money for several days. I could give 500. Not wouldn't 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 have the same impact on my finances. So why did, why did I bother give five dollars? Because my heart was 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 broken for the for the ministry that these people are engaged in, and so I wanted to do that. And I think that um, start now, and I think you'll find a great blessing if you do that. So we're pretty familiar with the 2 Corinthians 8 when talks about the saints in need, but let's just quickly look at 2nd Corinthians 9 6 to 15 because this is a passage that we're all familiar with but I think it's important to remember that there are some rules in in how we should give so 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 and we're going to look at verses 6 and and following so the cheerful giver the point is this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all the others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. It's, it's impossible to have it any better than that when, when we give, is it? And, and, and generosity, you know, I, I've learned over the years to not hang under things with very tight grip anymore. Done, of course, in my age, it seems it's pretty easy. But um, I found out that it really is helpful to do that and to really think of everything I have as being in stewardship to God. God is the owner of everything I, I have. I am a steward and I practice good stewardship and that means wisely use, using my money. Well, we certainly go and we give, but we also need to pray. Pray is so important. So let's look at um, Colossians now, chapter 1. Just a few verses I'm going to read from chapter 1 and then from um, chapter 4. So Paul writes this in, in 2 Corinthians um, 1, 3 to 5. We always thank God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So... That should be our prayer for, for our missionaries. We should thank God for them. We pray for them. We know that, that they're exercising their faith. And the fact that we have a small part to play in the ministry is, is, is a great blessing. And then I want you to look at chapter 4 in Colossians, just for a couple of verses here. We think of Paul as a great prayer warrior. I mean, he, he, does not he pray without ceasing and incessantly for people? And so what a what a magnificent example he is. But here's what Paul says in chapter four, verses two to four. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us. That God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Paul is asking for prayer. We think of these great missions in the field and and they'll pray for us, but we need to pray for them as well. They need prayer as much as we need prayer. So we go, we send, we give, we pray. That's the message for for tonight. And the gospel go to the ends of the earth. Well, yeah, you to ask yourself, what what can I do? What should I do? What skills do I have? What skills I need on the mission field? What's your baker, candlestick maker, probably? Janitors, yeah. Tim Talks the janitor in Guam. How about IT? Mary Lou Crothers did IT stuff. How about Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, Smuggler? I don't know. All, all, you know, yeah. When, when Alan and Linda Bridges went to Vienna, it's because they could smuggle Bibles and, and Christian literature into the Iron Curtain. They were smugglers. Um, we have with us tonight the Smuggler-in-Chief, however, and on one of the missions that our, our church did some years ago was to Belgium, where the Zerflus, they all remember the Walter and Nancy Zerflu, and they've been in my home on many occasions, but they were, they were printing French literature, biblical literature, to, to go into Africa, which had French kind of as the well, language of, 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 uh, of service and of government, and several families from our church went over there, the wardens went over there, and um, Carol Sherman was in, was in Moscow, and she needed some funds, and so Dale went, and at one point, the story is that Dale had bills stuffed in his pockets and stuff as he was <laughs> doing this, and he gave quite a few hundreds of dollars to, to Carol Sherman to take back into, into Russia, so yeah, I'm talking about that smuggling, but the, the point is that you know you, you, you do what's necessary to get the, to get the gospel out. All right. Well, the question we started with. Can an ordinary person be a missionary? Or do you have to be extraordinary? What's God looking for? Is he looking for extraordinary people? Not only those are chosen, according to Scripture. He loves to take the ordinary person who has a heart of compassion for the lost and give them an extraordinary time on the field which can't be done without without him. What are the qualifications? You know, whatever your occupation is, there's probably need on the mission field. And of course, the one essential is a love for the lost. And what's the best preparation? Make friends with missionaries. Bring them to your home. Let little stay overnight. Get to know them a little bit better. And, I, and take a missionary family that, that really... Engages with you, or you think about, and and give them independently of the church. Now, I'm not saying to say we shouldn't give through the church. I think it's great to do that, and I've done that a lot in the past. But when I was before I had a home church, I was actually writing checks, and I've continued doing that. So I started uh, supporting the bridges in '78 or something like that, and I still do to this day. So that's over 40 years, and I think that my love of their ministry. Is, is deemed by the fact that I actually take the time to write a check and support their ministry, and I do that with with quite a few others. So, again, I'm not talking about bypassing the church, but there's something about when you sit down and write that check and pray for that missionary that that en- en- engages you more, engage you more with them. So, all right, that's this. My, my time is up, and I hope you've been challenged by that, and I'm going to have Pastor Phil come, and we're going to have the opportunity to see some of my missionaries in the field. Okay,